All right, we're going to dive right into it tonight. James chapter 3, I just want to read verses 13 through 18 of James chapter 3. James writes, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct he should show his works done in the gentleness that wisdom brings. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfishness in your hearts, do not boast and tell lies against the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfishness, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and not hypocritical. And the fruit that consists of righteousness is planted in peace among those who make peace. Previously in the book of James, we've explored this radical way of living life that James is talking about in this letter. We looked at the radical way of facing trials in James chapter 1, a radical approach in dealing with temptation, a radical relationship with God's Word. In chapter 2, a radical gathering of people called the church, a radically active faith, a radical perspective on spiritual privilege. Last week in chapter 3, a radical manner of speaking, and tonight, a radical wisdom that brings harmony to relationships. I want to go back just briefly, though, to verse 13. You'll notice that James is reminding us it's easy to claim wisdom. And James wants us to give this some thought when he asks the question, Who is wise and understanding among you? He wants us to think through what we think wisdom is and how wisdom is fleshed out and who in our circles and maybe even we ourselves, are we living a life of wisdom? And what's that look like? It's easy to claim wisdom, James says. But biblical wisdom is not measured by degrees but by deeds. Not by accumulation of truth but application of truth. You see, the Bible says that wisdom, from a biblical definition, is not based upon IQ, it's based upon the skill of living life to please God. I want you to think about that. From a biblical definition, wisdom is being able to live a life that pleases God. You'll also notice in James 3.13 the word gentleness. That word is very misunderstood and maybe, again, has a different definition in our English language than what the Bible uses it. In this word, we see the concept of a power under control. Gentleness is not weakness. It is power, but it is power under control. It is the kind of control that helps us to maintain the right tone when speaking. We are told that 90% of our relational conflicts are because we're using the wrong tone or that others are using the wrong tone of voice with us. Not so much what they're saying, but the tone of voice that they're using. Gentleness helps us to bring the right, not only words, but the right tone to our words. And then gentleness also is the kind of person who asks for permission before getting involved in someone's life. They're not just going to insert themselves into a situation without being invited in or 
asked to come in and be a part of that situation. That's what it means by being gentle with people. In fact, I love the verse in Proverbs that tells us that if we get involved in a situation that we're not invited into by both parties, it's like grabbing a dog by the ears. I love that verse. I've had to remember that verse a lot. We all do because we all try to, people try to invite us in to their situation, to their squabbles and their struggles. And then many times, instead of helping, we actually become part of the problem. So we need to do it with wisdom and we need to do it with gentleness. And remember, everything that James is talking to us about in James chapter 3 here tonight is dealing with the kind of wisdom that brings harmony to relationships because worldly wisdom brings conflict. You'll notice that this kind of wisdom is from above, chapter 3, verse 17. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 6, the writer says, The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. In fact, James, back in chapter 1, says, If we lack wisdom, we can ask God anytime, anywhere, And God will grant us his wisdom to navigate each and every situation in life because he wants to give us wisdom and he wants us to be able to live life with the kind of wisdom that only God can give. It is what we call an under-the-surface kind of wisdom. Every life and everyone's life is like an iceberg. And what we see and how we navigate life is just based upon what we see above the surface. But God is the one who can see what's below the surface and can give us insight into what's below the surface that we could never have as a human being. And that's one of the reasons why we need to live by God's wisdom. So harmonious relationships begin with God's wisdom. And there's another verse I just want to throw out tonight as sort of a verse to consider. It's in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 18 where Paul says, If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. In other words, God's word is simply telling us that we need to do everything we can do to maintain peaceful relationships and to have peaceful relations with other people. Now, obviously, there comes a point where we've done everything we can do and there's still not going to be any peace because the other party is not willing to do it right and and do it according to God's wisdom. But God is simply asking all of us at all times to examine our hearts and lives and make sure that at least we can lay our head on the pillow at night as far as our relationships go and say, I'm trying to navigate that relationship by God's wisdom. And I'm trying to do it right. And I'm trying to do everything I can do to live at peace with these people in my life, whether they be coworkers, people I go to school with, my neighbors, people I even go to church with, whatever, that God wants us to strive to live peaceably with all people. In James chapter 3, verse 17, just quickly tonight, James lists seven marks of godly wisdom that keeps our relationships in harmony. The first one you'll notice there in James three seventeen is that the wisdom from above is first pure. The word literally means unmixed or undiluted. And there's a couple different ways we could go there, but for tonight, I simply just want us to apply it in this way. Impurity destroys relationships. Impurity destroys relationships. God wants us to keep pure and keep our relationship pure and be pure because when we're impure, and I'm not just talking about sexual impurity, 
But when we invite impurity into our relationships, it's going to eventually destroy and mar those relationships. So the first mark of God's wisdom is that we have purity in our relationships. Second, notice, is peaceable. You see, if we're following God's wisdom and we're living by it, then we're not a troublemaker always going around trying to stir things up and causing dissension and strife in relationships. But no, we are, if we're living by God's wisdom, we are a peaceable person striving for peace. Jesus even said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called the sons of God. And in The book of Ephesians, Paul says to Christians, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It is up to us who are walking with Christ and walking by His wisdom, not only to have the characteristic of purity that is one of the characteristics of God's wisdom, but to be peaceable and to look for ways to build peace, to maintain peace, to keep peace in our relationships. And if we are walking in God's wisdom... That's going to be a characteristic of our life. Notice the third one is gentle. This word gentle has a little bit different nuance and meaning than the word gentleness we looked at in verse 13. This word gentle in the original language means willing to make allowances, willing to defer and yield to others. You see, if I'm going to have harmony in my relationships, there's going to be times in walking by the wisdom of God and in the wisdom of God, where God's Spirit is going to ask me to make allowances, to not always need to have it my way, to be willing to defer and yield to others. These are the things, these are the characteristics of God's wisdom that helps us keep that harmony in our relationships. Notice the next one, accommodating. This word accommodating means not gullible. It's not talking about a person who lacks discernment and who just takes everything in, but somebody who is able to be persuaded. Somebody who is willing to hear someone else's position and opinion. Someone who has a teachable spirit. Someone who is able to see the bigger picture rather than just how it affects me or how I see it. That's what the word accommodating means. And again... God wants us to have this as part of our walk throughout our relationships. The next, full of mercy and good fruits. This is simply compassion fleshed out in practical ways. Compassion fleshed out in practical ways. And then the next one is impartial. And I don't want to go into that because I spent a whole Tuesday night several weeks ago Looking at James chapter 2, he spent the first part of James chapter 2 talking about how important it is that we live our life without being partial, without showing partiality, being impartial. And that's one of the characteristics of godly wisdom that keeps harmony in our relationships. And finally, in verse 17, not hypocritical. If we're walking in the wisdom of God, we're not going to be hypocritical. And the word hypocrisy in the New Testament just means one who doesn't wear a mask. One who's not putting on a face. One who is sincere. One who is trustworthy. One who is transparent, stable, and consistent. I mean, think about it in your relationships and my relationship. If you have somebody in your life 
And they're up one day and down the next. And, you know, they can go several days and then all of a sudden, man, they just go off. And, and, and you just sort of never know when you approach them or whether you go into work and maybe you have a boss like this or whatever. You just never know what you're going to get. Okay? There's no consistency there. There's no stability in their temperament or in the way they live life. Well, what that does is, first of all, that discourages people getting close and building relationships. Because part of what encourages relationships is when we live by God's wisdom and God can begin to develop within us Christ-like character that has a consistency, a stability, a transparency to it that actually sort of welcomes people. You know, it's it's a welcoming mat to begin to to say to others, I'm approachable, Uh, you know... We can begin to talk and and build relationships, whatever, because they know when they come back the next time and either call me on the phone or see me or whatever and begin to converse with me, they are going to know in time what kind of behavior, what kind of response, what kind of temperament they're going to get because I'm not hypocritical. I'm not playing a game because it's hard to play games. It's hard to put on a mask every day. It's, it's hard to try to be something or someone that I'm not. But if I'm just who I am before God and allow God to take over my life, then I'm just who I am and, and I'm trying to reflect the mind and wisdom of God. And people begin to know, you know what? Here's a safe place and here's a safe person and here's a consistent person that I can begin to build a relationship with. Inconsistency destroys relationships. And so one of the characteristics of godly wisdom that brings harmony to relationships is not being hypocritical. So if harmonious relationships begins with God's wisdom, and James gives us seven characteristics of God's wisdom in chapter 3, verse 17, then the flip side of that is conflict begins with worldly wisdom. And in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, James lists five marks of worldly wisdom. Things that we need to keep away from and and things that are contrasted with God's wisdom. And here they are. Let's just go down through them tonight. The first one is rooted in bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Nothing is going to kill relationships and bring conflict in relationships more than bitter jealousy and and selfish ambition. And let's remember, these both deal with hidden motives of the heart. I mean, obviously, they'll come out, but these are things that start in our heart and why we need to surrender our heart to God and give our heart to God and allow Him to cleanse our heart and purify our heart. Because bitter jealousy and selfish ambition starts in the heart. A real way, a real quick way that I was taught to remind myself and remember the difference between jealousy and envy is jealousy is when I want what someone else has. Envy is even a step worse. Envy is wishing they didn't have it. See, jealousy is I want what they have. Envy is I wish they didn't have it. And the Bible says nothing kills relationships more than bitter jealousy. And we could talk all night about bitterness And how the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 that bitterness can get into our lives and root itself. And out of that root of bitterness, not only do our lives get turned upside down, but we can turn so many other lives upside down as well. Because let's face it, again, going back to relationships and harmony in relationships. People don't want to be around people who are bitter. Bitterness just drives people away. 
So God wants us to give our bitterness and allow him to take our bitterness away. So, rooted in bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Number two, arrogant, self-explanatory. In the original language of the Greek New Testament, stop being arrogant. Jeff, stop being arrogant. Your arrogance, your pride is killing your relationships. It's bringing disharmony to your relationships. One of the things that will bring harmony is humility, and we're going to talk about that next week. Notice the third characteristic of worldly wisdom, lies against the truth. In other words, James is simply saying, our life will betray the false claims that we're making. Again, going back to verse 13, we can claim we're wise. We can claim we're walking in God's wisdom and that we love God and that we love others. But when our life is being lived by worldly wisdom rather than God's wisdom and all of our relationships are upside down and there's no harmony there, there's no peace there, then obviously other people can sit back and go, well, they can claim you know, that they're living by God's wisdom, but we know different. They're living by worldly wisdom because of the result. Notice the next one is earthly. Earthly simply means a perspective that fails to consider God. If we're going to live by God's wisdom, God has to be brought into the equation every day, every hour of the day, every minute of the day. And when we live earthly, we're living without considering God and bringing him into the equation. The next one is natural. This is talking about a person who lives by reason and where feelings reign supreme. That's the natural man. I'm living by my human reason and I'm living by my feelings driving everything that I do. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And the spiritual person, rather than being driven by their feelings and by their reason, lives by God's revelation and by faith. The Bible teaches the just, the righteous, will live by faith. And then finally, demonic. The ultimate source of all that is opposed to God. You see, we've talked about this before in the mind. The word devil, diabolos, means one who comes between. And the devil is always seeking to come between someone and something else, whether it's us and God, us and our spouse, us and our friends, us and our co-workers, whatever. The devil always seeks to come between people. We're living by earthly wisdom. And then notice the result in verse 16. It results in disorder and every evil practice. In other words, where worldly wisdom or earthly wisdom is reigning rather than God's wisdom, there is going to be confusion rather than clarity born out of a people pursuing their own agenda rather than God's. If we're living by God's wisdom, there's going to be clarity And we're not going to be pushing our own agenda because selfish ambition is one of the signs of worldly wisdom. And Jesus even said to those who were following him, his disciples, he says, if you want to be one of my disciples, you've got to be willing to take up your cross, deny self every day. Every day. Look at James 3.18 as we wrap up our thoughts tonight. James says, and the fruit that consists of righteousness is planted in peace among those who make peace. See, James is saying peace must be cultivated with deliberate effort and attention. His point is simple. We reap what we sow. 
The harvest of our lives is not accidental but intentional. And we as spiritual people should desire to plant peace. And, and be going around seeking to do the things and live by the character of God that we talked about in verse 17 to where we are bringing harmony to our relationships and we're bringing about peace in our lives rather than always having a life filled with all of our relationships are upside down, they're in turmoil, we're always fighting, we're always arguing. God is simply putting before us the responsibility that as much as we can do, let's live at peace with all people. I guess a thought that I would like to leave us with this coming week is I'm sure that we're going to be tested in our relationships this coming week after what we've talked about tonight. And how are we going to apply the truth that we have been, that has been shared tonight? And again, because a wise person is not someone who accumulates truth, but one who applies truth to their life. How are we going to apply the truth of being pure and peaceable and gentle and accommodating and full of mercy and good fruit and impartial and not hypocritical to our relationships this coming week? I close with this illustration. Settling arguments peacefully in English pubs was a difficult task. So in 1955, the Guinness Brewing Company decided that an official record was needed to pacify its customers and settle disputes. So in 1955, the Guinness Book of World Records was created. We have a far better book to help us settle disputes and live at peace. It's called the wisdom of the Bible. And James has laid out for us tonight in James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18 just how we can live by God's wisdom rather than that worldly wisdom. Because remember, if we're living by God's wisdom, those characteristics that he shared with us in verse 17, it will bring harmony to our relationships. If we're living by worldly wisdom that he enumerated in verses 14 through 16, worldly wisdom will bring conflict. And God wants us, as much as we can be responsible for, to make sure that we're doing everything we can in our relationships to live at peace, to live in harmony. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom. I just pray, Lord, that each of us would just desire to seek out your wisdom every day in our relationships. And that, God, we would seek to walk each day just trying to do everything we can to maintain that peace and harmony in the relationships that we have. Because, God, relationships are so important and can be so, so much a part of the joy of living life on this side of heaven. God, give us good relationships and right relationships and healthy relationships and help us to be a major player and a major part of that. Even this week, Lord, allow us to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.